Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. Two. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The defensive effort in game one started off really well. I think I think Memphis had 21 points about halfway through the second quarter, and then they really kind of got on a roll after that. What what changed? Where did they fart? Where did they start finding success? And and what do you guys do about it in game two? I'm not sure where they fought it, if that's what you're uh, asking. Um, yes, thank you. <laughs> um, and obviously the turnovers is, is um, like Anderson picked a few, like standing in front of us, just, just reading the situation of um, where we can, can have less. Like I said, um, I think coach does it a lot too. And, and our team knows that we, we do move the ball a lot. We, we understand that's at times going to kind of put us in a position that we do have some more turnovers, but majority of the time, if we can control the, the kind of quote unquote bad ones, um, the ones that lead into transition buckets is um, the ones we, we don't want to give up. So I think those two things can, can really help us. All right, Gordon, tonight, game two, Jazz Grizzlies, Vivin Arena, tip-offs at 8 o'clock pregame, begins at 7, and, of course, the big show will take you right up to 7 o'clock. I expect an energized performance from the Utah Jazz tonight. I expect to see a lot of – I heard a clip, uh, Favors, uh, they, they played a clip on Hans and Scotty of him, of him talking about how they're going to – Boost up the energy. Oh, and I, that Memphis I, brought a lot of energy in Game One, which certainly was the case. And so I, I expect to see a little bounce out there tonight. Watch the first five minutes of the game. Well, you're, you're going to see something different. You're going to see something, and I don't know whether the shots will go in, but the energy level is going to be way higher, just like you suggest. And I, I think it'll be right from jump because they've been talking about it so much. If they come out and sag early in this game, Jake, I, I don't know what to say to that. I don't think they will. I'm not saying that they're going to blow them out in the first quarter because uh, the first quarter has been kind of a hit or miss thing for this Jazz team. It and has. maybe, you know, Donovan back into the lineup, maybe there's some adjustment there. I don't know. But but the energy, yeah, the energy should be there. I, I agree. And, you know, as far as the score, I don't know about the score because I don't know if the shot's going to be dropping. Well, I mean, they should get open ones. Uh, we talked to, and um, my mind's going blank, Rob Fisher. Thank you, uh, Austin. We talked to Rob Fisher yesterday. He talked about how 41 of the Jazz threes in game number one were open. open. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I don't know exactly what his definition of open is, if he's going to cleaning glass or, or what have you, but uh, he talked about that yesterday. So, you know, if they can continue to generate open shots, those are going to go down. Yeah. And I I think a lot of it will key off of Donovan. It's not even that he needs to go out and make a bunch of shots right off the bat because there are times when he follows that same form, you know. He's, he's sort of had a reputation as being a second-half player, and but uh, there are times when he – I just think the team will have more bounce having – their offensive leader on the floor. Their leader. I mean, this is this is Donovan Mitchell's team. Rudy Gobert's a great player. This is Donovan Mitchell's team, in my opinion. Now, do you do you have a different take on that? Um, but a little bit, I guess. I, I I'm sometimes I get the, I think those conversations get a little bit overblown. Like, whose team is it? I think most well, yeah, teams but every are, team has are, a leader. Are probably pretty different, and some teams have multiple leaders. I, uh, John Stockton and Carl uh, Carl Malone had an interesting leadership dynamic 
where uh, it was kind of divided into, you know, two different approaches to it, kind of equal, but at the same time, they, they centered around, like, hard work and toughness. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's where their common goal was, even though they had two different approaches to how they led. So I, I, there's more than but there's more than one way to do things. But my to... point is, the vibe around this team is the team. I know it was a cliche a couple of years ago, the strength of the team is the team. The vibe around this team is the team, and it needs to be because with, with a top – Donovan Mitchell is the guy. They're not good enough. Donovan Mitchell's not a top three player in the league yet. The the strength, the way that the Jazz um, succeed at the highest level with this squad has to be with everybody. It's, I, a, it's I, a culmination I, effort. So that's it. I, and I'm not entirely I, I disagreeing with, with you. I agree I'm, with what you just I'm said. I'm adding that I'm, perspective. But leadership is something different. I think having your main guy uh, makes a big difference. Even when you're sharing the the load, you know, and that's what the Jazz do, like you suggest there. But I do I, I do think that Donovan Mitchell is a, a fiery guy, an emotional guy, a smart guy, uh, charismatic guy, a guy who can rally the team. And I'm not saying that everybody loves Donovan Mitchell. There might be times when they don't don't like everything he says or does or whatever. But he's he's he is he in my opinion he's the alpha dog on the team and every team has one you know and every team needs one in my opinion even though what you say is true you still from a for lack of a better term from a spiritual standpoint you got to have somebody who is is uh, got the baton in their hand and is out front marching but i do think mike conley and maybe you view this through the lens of addition uh, too but i do think mike conley brought a leadership perspective that was missing from previous versions of the jazz with his veteran calmness um i i think that joe ingles is a leader on the team and i think he was in uh, played an integral part in keeping the team together during the hiatus before the bubble I think Jordan Clarkson's leadership that he's brought to the team. Did you hear what he was talking about with Joe? Uh, of course you did on the, the six-man uh, presentation where he's talking about, I'm going to move into his house in Australia and have beers with him on the beach. I think he brings this chill vibe to the team that everybody is this kind of unique positivity that not all teams have, I think. So, uh, I I Again, I'm not disagreeing with you. I guess I'm just adding to that. I think there are some some unique leadership elements on this particular team that have have provided a pretty productive atmosphere. Certainly until recently. Um, then we'll see what happens. You know, now that it's been a little bumpy for the past couple of days, how they respond. Okay, so I don't disagree with you from the standpoint you can have multiple leaders, right? But but Donovan to me is is the main straw that stirs the drink. Uh, I, that's the way I view what he does. And others have leadership qualities that are important. But uh, does, does the alpha dog, the, the language, does it have to be the best player in your opinion? It helps when it is. Can you think of a circumstance where it wasn't? There's got to be one. I mean... Um, I don't know. I can't think of. I I think it usually is the best player. Chris Paul on several teams. Yeah. Okay, that's a good one. And what? But what, oftentimes he, he who was been the best in the player. and you covered these teams. I did not. I, I'm just 
spitballing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, in you, in the John and Carl circumstance, he wasn't. Uh, that's a complicated one because John was so quiet. But he uh, wasn't quiet in the locker room. I, I think it was John. Even though I think Carl was a better player. Carl might disagree. <laughs> he might he, he might think he was the leader. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, uh, I mean, leadership dynamic is an interesting subject and, yeah. and studied widely because uh, it is important when it comes to, you know, not only sports, but of course, you know, real life and business and all that fun stuff. So, uh, you know, interesting to talk about these sorts of things. I, I, I think the leadership dynamic on this jazz team is, is somewhat unique. I think, I think there is a culmination of personalities that, that mm-hmm. provides a pretty positive atmosphere. Uh, again, that's why I'm really curious to see how they respond tonight because it's being tested a little bit. Or it seems that way to me, anyway. I don't think a real leader really minds having other leaders on the team. I mean, that 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 you know that burden can be pretty heavy at times. And if he senses it from other people, then that, that's not like it's some sort of insecurity where he goes, "Hey, wait, this is this is my team, not yours." <laughs> I mean, no, you go ahead and take it for a while. I'll get back to you. Who's who's the alpha dog on the zone team? Oh, uh, I would say most definitely PK. Going oh. with PK. Oh boy, <laughs> if that's true. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. PK is an answer. He's your buddy, so you know that's a little bit of a dodge. No. I think it's Eric. <laughs> no question. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I, that, that, that's a, that's an interesting thing to think about, isn't it? Hmm. Well, personally, I'm going with the the guy with vice president in front of his name, but you you do you. No, I'm going with Lloyd. Going with Lloyd? Yeah. Austin's going with Eric. Yeah, because I know what Eric's capable of if I don't choose Eric. So. Runner up, Clowkey. Well, Clowkey's the honorary. He's like the trustee. He's- oh, okay. All right, well, this is like the clowky wing of jazz broadcasting over here. I agree with that. We do need to name something after clowky. The broken computer screen? Honestly, is that broadcast booth, that media area, is that uh, uh, over there at Smith's Ballpark? We should just get clowky's name on that. Uh, that should just be an automatic, right? We can all we can all agree on that. Figure something else. We could name the, the zone van after clowky. The, the Steve, clowky the van? Steve clowky zone van. <laughs> That thing goes all that's, over town. That's quite an honor. Let's yeah. do it, but not tell him in case he doesn't like it. Why or, wouldn't he like it? Would you want a van named after you? Yes. You would not. Yes. The the Jake Scott Zone van? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> I think, how many miles do those vans drive? How much How much ground do those things cover? I'd be famous. Well, what do you want? You want? Your, I mean, we used to have our pictures on. I remember, there, remember that. that. It wasn't a particularly uh, good picture. Do of you me, want but... a giant picture of Jake Scott, may, or maybe something protruding from the roof? I don't know. I don't know because I don't think my face necessarily is my most attractive quality. What would be? What if we just painted a Walgreens hat on the top of it? <laughs> See, I, I always thought Jake Scott was a pretty strong name. I feel like <laughs> feel like the so name itself. Hey, I'm Jake Scott. Yeah. So what you want a billboard on top of the car with your name on it? That's it. 
It could be painted on the side. Doesn't See, have to be a billboard. This is, this That's is, bad for like windy. I've been in that van in the wind. It's yeah. <laughs> Say hello. Yeah, it's no. I always wondered. Now, do you want do you want it to be the Jake Scott van or do you want it to be Jake Scott's van? No, no, no. The Jake with, Scott with, van. With, no, it's not. It's not my that, van. I don't own it. It's just. Named I, I know, for me. but like, for, let me give an example. Lavelle Edwards, Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I always thought they should have an apostrophe after the. S. He doesn't own the stadium. But, That's ridiculous. But he does. No, not really. He doesn't. Well, actually. not technically, but right. Like, n- not even not technically. Like, not even close. But if it's named after him, Lavelle Edwards Stadium. That's the name. That's in fact much more important. I would say than. See, I like the, the idea of, of of figurative ownership, possession. Of course you do. <laughs> Lavelle Edwards you know, Stadium, you because know, he built it. I only them. have one Porsche. You know, Gordon, it's you're, his. You're, he, he built it. Your bank account is now Jake Scott's fortune. What would what would what would <laughs> what would what would Lavelle, Lavelle Edwards? What would the stadium be down there if it weren't for him? This is Jake Scott's checking account. Take Jake Scott's car home tonight after the game. <laughs> it's pronounced Porsche. It's figurative. I, uh, it's mine. But you know what? Uh, just so I, there is some productivity to the segment, I suppose. Uh, the feel, and, and Gordon, I've been in the building all year long, and as they've slowly crept up the number of people that uh, that have been allowed here, mm-hmm. um, 13,000 fans in the stands for the last game felt really normal. Yeah. I mean it it there there was a a really decided atmosphere here for the first time in in quite some time. I did notice that and uh wrote a little bit about that. And when you and I were walking with Tim through the concourse, I mean it felt like a normal game. I mean, it felt like well, like, it felt like a playoff uh, yes. game, not even a normal yeah, game. I mean, I mean, but as far as the crowd went, even yep. though it felt like the old nineteen nine eleven, right? You know, it I did, mean, and which is good. So, which was what was so weird about the fact that the Jazz didn't answer that call with uh, with maybe some of the energy that uh, you would have thought. I think there was a lot going on in game one. On and the off whole the Donovan floor, thing. Yeah, but not just that though. You know, going up on, on a against a Grizzlies team that's been playing basically for their season for the past week. You know, some just crazy games that they're they're playing like there's no tomorrow, and they played like that in Game One. You know, they came out and set a tone. We called it energy in the first segment, but you know. And they had a player in Dylan Brooks put in a career performance. John Morant took over in the fourth. I mean, you know, it wasn't just the Jazz. The Jazz got a lot of open shots, didn't make a lot of open shots. Maybe they were rusty. Maybe, you know, you can throw in excuse slash reason wherever. But it was a it, it, there was a lot going on. Oh, well, if Memphis had lost that game, they would have said they were fatigued. Right, exactly. But you hope that facing some adversity— and going through some stuff, you'd focus in, and I'm—that's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting a more focused effort. You know, I felt like at some point maybe it was Donovan talking to the team, but there had to be like a okay, we gotta, we gotta all pull in the right direction. We gotta get focused on what's going on. And Donovan playing is going to be the best thing that has happened to this team for a variety of reasons. Yes, I'll agree with that. Remember when he got hurt? Everybody sort of, uh, you know, went into a panic for a second. 
And there was reason for that. He's such a great player. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 there was competitiveness in that first game, as Quinn Snyder pointed out. Uh, but it came too late. The fire came too late. And so uh, I think you're right. I think we will see it early. And, uh, you know, we'll see if the Jazz can take that energy and make it efficient. And that's always the trick. You know, we talk about toughness. Well, how do you define toughness? Well, Quinn, after the first game, defined it as uh, you know, focusing and and um, what word did he – locking in. Locking in. But also doing the things necessary by locking in to create the good looks, to play good defense. It, it, it's, it's this chain of events, Jake. You've well, seen it all year long. You've seen times when it's like, you know, when the dominoes start rolling, you know, one good thing on top of another good thing on top of another good thing leads to really good things. But it's not like, oh, they either had this one element or they didn't have it. It's it's all this stuff in between. See, here's here's the only thing I'll add to that. The energy needs to be, they need to get stops. I, I don't know if I agree with the assessment that they turned it on too late. I mean, Bogdanovich did as much as you can do in a fourth quarter to to win a game offensively but for a team. But, 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 they, that, but they couldn't but, get stops, uh, yeah, and the energy wasn't there. They could not get stops when they needed it. And they couldn't, you know, make shots. They had some threes rattle out. When well, they, they missed too many to, but, shots, and they turned the ball but over they could too much not get early stops. in the game. And, and Bogdanovich, 20 points in a quarter, and the Jazz, I, I'll have to go back, what did they score in the fourth quarter? But that should be enough. It should be enough. They they uh, they scored thirty five points in the fourth quarter, thirty one in the third quarter. That should be enough. Got to get stops. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, and as the Jazz were climbing back in offensive offensively, like you were just talking about. Yeah, they you're trading baskets at that point, and that's not good enough. We'll have more coming up next. Ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone.